pro teams have millions to spend, and they don't always spend them wisely. But when it comes to a great shave, you don't have to shell out tons of cash. Harry's saw customers getting ripped off by the shaving industry, with overpriced, underperforming products, and decided to do something better. They found their own way to make beautifully designed razors for a fraction of the price of the other big brands, so you never wonder if you overpaid. Harry's shaving products look great, and the weighted handle makes shaving feel great, too. I like to keep my beard neat, and Harry's always leaves me with a smooth yet crisp shave. Harry's quality is top-notch, thanks to German-engineered blades made in their own factory that stay sharp longer. You can get a five-blade razor, weighted handle, foaming shave gel, and a travel cover for just three bucks at harrys.com slash bluewire. And Harry's has the highest customer satisfaction in the shaving industry, plus a convenient subscription option that you can cancel at any time. Getting the best doesn't mean spending the most when you shave with Harry's. Get started with a $13 trial set for just $3 at harrys.com slash bluewire. That's harrys.com slash bluewire for a $3 trial set. Seven six five four three two one. Hey guys, this is Liz Cambage. This is Nikki Collins. What up guys, this is Ethan Stark. Hey, this is Imani Media Stafford. Hey, this is Jordan Canada. This is Angel Wilson. Welcome to the WNBA Nation. WNBA Nation, hello again. Welcome to another installment of the show. I was going to say the title of the show. I literally start the show every time saying the title of the show. I don't need to do that. You guys know that by now. We're going to jump right into it because this is a news-heavy week. We have a lot to dive into in a very short time to get it done. Or as a certain candy aficionado used to say, we have so much time and so little to do. Uh, I'm Steve Schwartzman. I'm here with Logan Jones. I did not. I uh, did not see this episode starting with a, a Willy Wonka reference. Um, if if I can start it with a Wonka reference, I will. I think if, that's just the way. If you gave me a thousand guesses to guess what movie you would <laughs> immediately go to about, like in regards to this week's WNBA news, I would not have gotten it. So the the tricky thing is if I can sneak a like we're the music makers and we're the dreamers of dreams into, <laughs> or or sing the bubble boat song. There's a lot I could do there, but. We uh we've got a very in intense very a lot happened especially over the weekend we woke up to many good alerts we have an all star at least the starters of the all star team set and ready to go we've had a lot of really interesting matchups we have teams that have looked not great and have made administrative decisions but why don't we as is customary start things off on a crappy note Logan. <laughs> Um, <laughs> let's, let's talk injuries because that to me is crappy. Well, they are obviously. Yeah. So they are, I think yeah, they are. So main story, uh, I think it's Brianna Jones is seeming, I, I'm assuming the main prognosis is out for the year. Um, I actually don't have the report directly in front of me, so you can correct me on this, but, um, I believe Jones went out was uh, an Achilles. Yeah, it's confirmed she ruptured her Achilles, so she'll be done yeah. for the year. Yeah, and that is obviously very terrible. But Jones looked very much on brand coming off of how she played last season. Um, was looking very stout defensively. It was a huge part of what is a very good team. Um, outside of Bonner, she was one of their top scorers. So she was putting in 16 and 8 a night. And, uh, yeah, this is, this is really 
Cruddy, I mean, do you have any immediate impacts or thoughts or just obviously well wishes and it's just a sucky thing because Jones was playing extremely well and we were really, really, it was exciting watching this post John Quell era Sun team play the level they have and post Kurt Miller Sun team play how they have. But, um, if you're, if you're Connecticut, or I guess if you're judging Connecticut off of this, how are you expecting this to impact them from this point on? Uh, I mean, I think it's, I think this is a much bigger deal than even people are giving it credit for right now. I mean, I know everybody's crazy about the aces because they're 13 and one and we're going to be talking about them all year and they're really good. And then it kind of feels like the Liberty have settled into this de facto role of like, let's pay attention to them constantly too, because we know they could be extremely good. The Connecticut Sun were 12 and three. I guess I think they were 12 and two when uh, Jones was hurt because he was against the Liberty. Uh, yeah. Yeah. They were playing the Liberty in that game, but she, I mean, she's a two time all-star and she was last year's sixth player of the year and she's averaging 16 and eight. So granted and, and uh, coach Stephanie white actually called this out. This is a team that is used to playing man down um, because it happens to them every year. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that doesn't that doesn't make it like like in a way that's kind of an acquired skill to just be resilient and to have players know that they need to step up. But it doesn't really soften the blow any to just be like, oh, well, we get injured every year. So we just know to be disappointed. Like, no, it sucks every time, uh, especially having the year that they were having after the offseason they had. I think I was very down on them. I think there were probably other people out there besides just me thinking this team was going to start to fracture. Instead, they pulled together, I mean, Jasmine Thomas and, and Alyssa Thomas and Bonner. Um, those are uh, the, the Thomas Bonner Jones trio from a couple years ago has kind of been replaced. Um, and I thought Brianna Jones, not sorry, the John Quill Jones. They, there's too many Thomases and Joneses on this team. Um, the, there are many. the main trio from 2019 was replaced by a Brianna Jones and she was holding that role down well with this offense, especially. And now they got to find 16 points a game from somewhere. Uh, we really haven't seen them in action since. So they were on, they, they had won like full five of six, uh, and then lost, I think just at the buzzer. No, it was Washington that lost at the buzzer. They lost at New York Liberty. Sorry, I'm I'm a mess right now because I got thrown off by mixing up all my names a second ago. But in summary, this sucks for Connecticut. They're still going to be a really good team. I think Stephanie White's still the coach of the year. But their chances of upending uh, like a Liberty or an Aces team in a series just took a significant hit. And they probably need to go yep. find another big. Yeah, and that's, the, that's kind of my next question is... Um, you know, where can you, I, I, you know, as you said, I don't think you can just naturally fill up 16 points and whatnot. I think it'll be a mixture of things. Um, but a difficulty the Sun are going to have at this point is uh, front court uh, isn't really something they're strong in coming off their bench. You'll probably see a lot of minutes out of Nelson Adota than, you know, more minutes than we've seen uh, just to to get a six, five player on the court. And also I think Adota is very competent in her game and can do well there, but you might even see a scenario where a Beck Allen or Dijana Carrington kind of plays a swing yeah. position that can go both, you know, a little more guard forward than they might even be used to at this point, just to make things work. Um, but 
whether it's, I, I guess that's the first question is with the roster as it currently stands, where, what options do they really have? And then I think you go from there is, is there someone sitting on the outs that is a perfect fit for a hardship contract that can maybe jump in and contribute right away? Yeah. I, I would love if they turned to Becca Allen more. Um, she has been playing good minutes so far this season, but good for a role player. So she's been in 10 to 20 minutes a game. Um, but has only, I mean, really only had like one night where she went out and made a huge impact on the scoreboard. Um, so offense might be a little tougher to come by, I guess, but she is a good shooter and she's six two and she can play a couple different positions. Maybe they can mess around with that. Um, yeah, I don't know. I don't know if free agency, not free agency. I don't know if picking someone up on a new contract is the answer or like you said, maybe they get Nelson Adota out there. That's I mean that's why she's there. She's six five. She's long. She can rebound. Mm-hmm. I I I don't know. I I do not envy Stephanie White's position right now because it's it's just yeah. a tough blow. I think it's a mixture of I think you need to to have a second line that can kind of come together. I don't know that one player coming off this bench into a starting position is going to fix things, but I think if you give I think a Dota and Beck Allen's a really good mix. If I think if you give them an increase in minutes, Carrington could also fit into that role. Maybe see if you can get them closer to 20 minutes, 18 to 20 minutes. You'll find some way to have a mix that fills some of that role as far as defending the wing and getting competent shots up. Um, you know, one nice thing that Connecticut has going for them is the Wanna Bonner will make a play happen on any square inch of the court. So I think offensively they'll figure themselves out. Like I'm not necessarily worried uh, about that if I'm them, but I, I just comes down to, can we find a way defensively to not expose the escaping hold the defense? So we can still play to our strategy and that's where it's going to get really interesting. Out of curiosity. I mean, is there anyone in the ether Hardship contract wise, that you're thinking anyone that was recently cut is do any names pop up for you? Ah, uh, boy, it's hard because I don't have the list in front of me. Like, I, I don't. Yeah, I don't know. I don't think John Quill Jones is playing at all. I think she's technically with the Liberty, but like, <laughs> maybe they can make a phone call. Um, just out of like, curiosity, just like, hey, you're just down the road. Um, <laughs> no, this sucks. I. I feel bad because I was down on Connecticut in the offseason and I think they probably were disrespected in preseason polls and things like that. And then they came out as the surprise kind of the season um, in terms of the upper echelon of teams. And now mm. I think they're going to still win a lot of games when it comes down to it. I think my disappointment comes when I kind of turn an eye towards the postseason. I just think like in a series, they now have a big weakness to Expose like they've they have vulnerabilities that they didn't before, and that sucks. Yeah, I mean, I, I think there are a heavy amount of rookies that have some potential of getting, I don't know, some level. Um, it's hard with size because very much Jones plays a strong forward position. She is six three, so I think there's some opening size wise there where you could look into some options. So like when I call out a like a Brie Beal, it's tough because she's very much a guard. But at six one, is is there potential there? Um, 
Ladeja Williams comes to mind. I don't know if Monica Zanano is too heavy I was a, into dental school. I was dental about school. to say, maybe that, Monica Zanano's out maybe there. Maybe she can make that work. One name that I think could at least come in and put in quality minutes, maybe won't. Obviously, this signing wouldn't be able to fill Brianna's role, but would put in enough quality minutes to work. It's probably Dee Dee Richards. Um, so it's just, it's a tough spot for them to be in. I think it just comes down to where they're going to make the mix happen. Um, but if any team can make it work, it's Connecticut. This isn't something that they're not yeah. used to. So I also, I would love Dee Dee Richards to land on a WNBA squad. Um, 100%. her getting, her getting cut from New York was pretty shocking at the beginning of the season. So. Yeah, yeah, it was. It still kind of is in my my gaze. Um, rounding out some injury talk, Shakira Austin will be out for uh, I believe yes. three weeks. Um, and that is going to suck for that amount of time for the Mystics because Austin has been looking great, and uh, I've enjoyed her level of play. Um, I'm not sure what more we can talk about there. I, I assume there will be a hardship fill in for a temporary amount of time, and we'll see how that goes. Um. I don't know where they would fill that. We'll see if they find themselves in a similar situation the Sparks are right now, where they have Destiny Henderson on a hardship contract, and maybe you're kind of wishing they were able to do something better because she's woken that team up. But I don't know. Do you have any thoughts on on Austin's no, injury just, being popped out? Just that these injuries are affecting Connecticut and Washington, two teams that have been winning a lot lately. Um, I actually, yeah. I got my, my tabs mixed up earlier, but it was Washington who had won five of six and then lost to the Bree Stewart three at the end of the game at the Liberty mm-hmm. in the game in which they lost Austin. Connecticut's on a four game winning streak. Their last loss was to Atlanta, which was like a weird one that nobody understood. They, they're the only team to beat, uh, Vegas so far this year. So these are two teams probably equipped to continue you know, they're gonna be in the playoffs. And they have a couple months to figure things out. And I trust yep. that they're well coached enough to do that. But at least the Mystics are getting Austin back. Um, and so you're hoping that, I don't know, a hip strain sounds like not a lot of fun to heal from. But you're hoping that she's yep. full go after just a couple weeks. Absolutely. Uh, we will talk Vegas a little bit more uh, now that you mention them. But uh, that might turn into a more long-winded discussion. We'll see how that happens. Pro teams have millions to spend. And they don't always spend them wisely. But when it comes to a great shave, you don't have to shell out tons of cash. Harry's saw customers getting ripped off by the shaving industry with overpriced, underperforming products and decided to do something better. They found their own way to make beautifully designed razors for a fraction of the price of the other big brands. So you never wonder if you overpaid. Harry's shaving products look great and the weighted handle makes shaving feel great too. I like to keep my beard neat and Harry's always leaves me with a smooth yet crisp shave. Harry's quality is top-notch thanks to German-engineered blades made in their own factory that stay sharp longer. You can get a five-blade razor, weighted handle, foaming shave gel, and a travel cover for just three bucks at harrys.com slash bluewire. And Harry's has the highest customer satisfaction in the shaving industry, plus a convenient subscription option that you can cancel at any time. Getting the best doesn't mean spending the most. When you shave with Harry's, get started with a $13 trial set for just $3 at harrys.com slash blue wire. That's harrys.com slash blue wire for a $3 trial set. Continuing on the news front, and this is something you and I talked about pretty intently a couple weeks ago. 
I just didn't think it would happen quite this soon, but I can sort of understand it. But Vanessa Nygaard officially out as head coach with uh, the Phoenix Mercury. Um, that was made official, I believe, over the weekend. Might have been Friday, but after starting the season at 2-10, uh, that decision was made. It looks like it was... They always do the parted ways thing, which makes it sound like a mutual decision, but right. I assume that's not the case here. Um, but yeah, so Vanessa Nygaard officially out had, you know, inherited a previous technically conference championship or, you know, finals participant. Yeah, they were, in the this is a team Mercury that was in the finals and, two seasons ago. Yeah. And now they have, you know, Nikki Blues taking over as interim head coach, uh, for the time being, we haven't seen them play yet since then, so I don't know how they're going to react to this on a emotional camaraderie level. Uh, but did you have any immediate reaction to this? I sort of saw this coming, but I I wasn't sure if they were going to play out the season with Nygaard or not. Um, but at some point, when you're, I mean, two and ten is just it, it, that feels very unacceptable if you're the Mercury who te- seem to be an organization that expects success out the shoot. Yeah, they were losing games and they were losing badly. Their their margin of, I guess, defeat on the year is like 11 points. They've lost five in a row. It, it's not really a shock. Like you, sometimes I expect teams to just kind of ride out the rest of the season and yeah. kind of pack it in and just be like, well, it's, you know. But I also am a big supporter of like, once you know it's not working out, like, go ahead and cut that tie and, and, you know, be the first to the market to get a good new coach in place because it really, I, I know fans like to get on Twitter and call for coaches heads all the time. And stuff. I try to be very careful about doing that because it really like who you hire matters a lot more than who you fire. <laughs> and this yeah. team's problems while plentiful are not all Nygaard's fault. Um, yeah. So I think this is definitely, it seems like an effort of just like injecting some new energy into the team before the you know the season is completely lost they are technically i guess three games back of a playoff spot because you're never quite out of it in a 36 game season Mm -hmm. um so if new energy comes in and turns things around and you know like griner missed a game here or there for injury and tarazi's been a little spotty but like you know what she's capable of maybe there are better days ahead this season for phoenix just under new leadership my prediction, and I think probably 99% of people would predict the same, yeah. is that this is probably going to end up being a bottom of the league team. Yeah, I mean, that's there's a lot to be said there. And that's frustrating because if you look at the roster up and down, it's still a very talented crew. But um, I think there's some difficulty in, in how they're making things work with Tarasi and her effectiveness. She's had struggled some games. I think there's some injury nagginess here and there. Griner's been in a similar situation. Obviously, you don't have Skydig at the moment. Um, there's a lot of that. But Nygaard came into a situation with a lot of extraneous scenarios that were out of their control. And I understand that side of things. But there are a few cases where you look at some uh, decisions or certain moments that kind of made you feel like she never really had the locker room. I think you can go back to her comments about TT in the all-star game last season and Skylar Diggins Smith response to it gave you the sense that maybe she didn't have 
the ear of the locker room in the way she probably needed to. Now, that's a pure guess. I have nothing else to back that up. But if, but from an observer's perspective, I wonder if that was kind of the start of her kind of losing the squad and seeing where it goes. Um, but it's hard to tell. Now, here's my question, and this is way too early of uh, a question. We have to give Nikki Blue, obviously, the shot, and we'll see if that maintains itself. The WNBA is not a league that is a stranger to letting these interim coaches take their shot, and if it goes well enough, giving them a full-time position. So that's there. If that doesn't come to play, do you have any immediate thoughts on who can effectively fill the Mercury role? Uh, hopefully, hopefully Chauncey Billups will be looking for a coaching job here soon. So maybe they can oh, go gosh. get him. Um, you know, just any, anybody who is a, an NBA all-star 2000 to 2006, they'll, they'll be available. Um, no, in, in all realistic, I, I don't know. I haven't given a lot yeah. of thought to who Phoenix needs to go out and get in, uh, in defense of Nikki blue earning the job. She does have a lot yeah. of coaching experience. She played pro not that long ago. She probably played against Tarazi now that I think about it, which is kind of fun. Um, yeah. And she likes a challenge. I didn't know this until I looked up her Wikipedia page, but I, I knew she was like a big time Pac 12, uh, I guess it was Pac 10 back then, big time Pac 10 player for UCLA. I didn't realize that she turned down an offer to go to like the early 2000s UConn team to go to UCLA instead. So maybe she's a glutton for punishment and she's willing to step into this head, head coaching job and say, Hey, we're two and 10. We're not finishing this season with two wins. Let's go. Yeah, I, that's an interesting thought for sure. I mean, you really, you're at the classic stage of you've got nothing, so you have nothing to lose. You might as well take that in. Um, I made a little Teresa Witherspoon quip. That's just because I know a lot of people are going to call her name out. That's <laughs> nothing against Witherspoon herself. But um, I think that's a name that will come up now that she is a little more readily available. But I would say if there's one name that stands out for me, I mean, my immediate thought would be Natalie Nakase, who's a, the assistant in Vegas with um, Becky Hammond right now um, had a long tenure with the Clippers did an extremely good job it was actually my initial call out for the Mercury job when it was open and Nygaard ended up taking it. I thought Noxie was really the fit there and I still think would be, I just don't know if Vegas is going to want to give up on that because I think Vegas is nervous that if not now, eventually you may see, Hammond in a different spot, just see, you know, knowing how things have been recently with her job consideration. Now, if they feel confident in having her stay long term, I'm sure they'd be more than willing to allow their assistants to look at other opportunities. And I think Noxie would be a really good fit as a head coach somewhere. And I think the Mercury would be a really good spot for her. So we'll see how it goes. Um, that's a lot of not fun news between injuries and coach firings. Not a lot of stuff you like to talk they're, about. They're not going to let us do episodes together if we just bum everybody out. Yeah. But we they're. called out <laughs> Vegas on two different occasions in both of these topics. And it's funny because we kind of want to talk about them too, but almost not, which is interesting. Usually a 13 and one team you want to talk about quite a lot. The reason I bring this up is you made an interesting call out that the Mercury are, are um, I believe it was the Mercury are the only team to, to have, be, or is that Connecticut? Dang Connecticut it. is the only, the only mark yeah, on is. Vegas's record. I knew I'd get it wrong. Um, Connecticut's the only team that the only loss on uh, Vegas's record. You know what's funny though, Logan? You want to know a team who's come really close to doing it several times already this season? 
Let's talk about them. I, I, that, that, that darn Indiana fever. That sounded like a tired sigh, and I just want to clarify, that was a loving sigh. That was you not a, oh, well. I don't think you can have a Steve Logan episode of WMA Nation without a moment to rant about the fever in one version of another. But here's the thing. I don't have an angry rant about this team right now, and I'm confused. Uh, because they lost by eight, uh, most recently to, to the Aces in a game where they had a lead late, but ended up, uh, falling short, lost the game by eight points. But if I dare say this sounds funny for the team that already has five wins, it might be their most impressive game so far, even in a loss. They looked energized. They looked like they had a system going. They looked like, the Christy sides has looked like someone who's really getting the ear of the team and, and firing the team up in a lot of different ways. Logan, you're like super close to getting me on board with you. Yes. This feels like this is starting to feel like really feel like a playoff. Team. Um, they are. Yeah. So the fever. Okay. I, again, I, okay. <laughs> they are currently five and nine. They're in the eighth spot. They're tied with Chicago record-wise. Chicago hasn't been good this season, so that doesn't necessarily feel great. But if they're in that little cluster down in you know the middle of the WBA standings with like Dallas, Atlanta themselves, and Chicago, um, I think they can win out and be one of the, the better teams in that group. And it's because I think as a fan, it, we have this sense that they've improved steadily over the course of the season, and we're only 12 games into the season. And I think Aaliyah Boston's improvement and kind of feel for the, the pro game is certainly a big part of that. But I also get the sense, especially after talking to Kyle, who, by the way, is not on the episode today because he's traveling back from attending the Vegas uh, yes. fever game. <laughs> um, and, and we can't wait to talk to him about this in person. But I get the sense that between Boston's improvement and new leadership and a coach who's very active and energetic and enthusiastic on the sidelines... It feels like the team internally has a sense that they are improving from game to game and legitimately believes that they are in every game because they've gone toe to toe. Two out of the three games they've played against the Aces have, have just been matchups between two good teams. If you caught it on a sports bar and grill, you'd just be like, Oh, there's a game on and it's close. And I'm assuming these are two good teams. You wouldn't know that the fever have been kind of the butt of every joke in the league for the last five years or so based on what they look like right now. Boston's a huge part of that. Melissa Smith's another huge part of that. I love her game. I We don't have probably time today to talk about how much I love her game. But all told, I yeah, I'm standing by the prediction that they're going to be a playoff team because I think they're on the right trajectory. I, I realize that after heaping all this love on them, we are at a major risk for them to let us down immediately in their next game because they do play at Phoenix. Um, on, I, I can't remember. Uh, it's uh, a couple days from now. It's on uh, Thursday that they play at Phoenix. And if they lose that Phoenix game, it's going to feel like we're going to have to walk all of this back and be like, never mind, same old fever, blah, blah, blah. I don't think that's the case. Uh, first, I don't think they're actually going to lose that game. Second, even if they do, I'm, I'm a believer in this group growing together over the course of the season into a team that can be a playoff team. Um, not that that's the end-all, be-all to... WNBA glory, right? Like there's more to life than sneaking into the playoffs. But for an Indiana team that's been miserable for most of the last five years, that's a big deal. Yeah. Um, the 
the fever are so stinking good, or ex- excuse me, the aces are so stinking good that it's it is an accomplishment. I know we don't do moral victories. It is an accomplishment to be in a game against them in their own house um, the way that they were the other day. It took Chelsea Gray going pretty nuclear and uh, a pretty impressive Kelsey Plum performance towards the end of the game in order for them to seal this one at home. Uh, that's going to happen against really good teams who know how to win. And I'm not really upset by that. I do want to like, I don't want to like ignore how good the aces have been in the face of like adversity this year. Like every time a team thinks they've got a shot at them, the aces handle it anyway. And I, I realize that, but it just feels like it's, it's not like one singular turning point that the fever have made, but just every week we see them take steps in the right direction and it's giving us more hope than we've had for that franchise in a very long time. And it's really exciting for me. I got my hat. I used to have my hat here on my bookshelf and I would pull it out and wear it on the show when we talk about them. And I literally put it in a drawer weeks ago because uh. I was, I was like, I'm getting sad and I need space on the shelf for other stuff. And I got it back out yesterday, almost tweeted a photo of it at halftime when they were up at the half and then thought about it. And I was like, you know what? Like, like later that it was, I was up at two in the morning and I was like, I'm thinking about the Indiana fever at two in the morning. They might be the team I'm <laughs> most interested in this year, despite it all. And it's not like a morbid curiosity anymore. It's legitimately like, yeah. I think they have something and, and to not speak in abstract terms, they have a core of players that I think are going to be in the league for a long time. Who are very good. They rebound the ball. Well, they score in the paint. Because they've got good bigs. So that all kind of matches, right? They hit their free throws. They don't turn the ball over. They rebound, they rebound, they rebound. I'm counting that four times because it's the most important thing. Um, they, it's, they occasionally, it's they've definitely not done. They occasionally hang with teams that can really shoot. They don't quite have the outside perimeter presence yet. Sometimes Kelsey Mitchell's feeling it. Other times it's not there. I don't think that's as crucial of foundational block as, as those other things, but. All told, like if defense improves and they're sold on this coach being the coach that can take them to the next level, I I feel better about the Fever's trajectory than three or four other teams in the league right now. Yeah, I mean, they're one of three five-win teams with Chicago and Atlanta. And I'd say right now, if you were to ask me value-wise, they're the I would put them above the other two as far as those. And they're sitting at seven, eight, nine, those three teams. Um, and their stock feels strong. Atlanta's looked really good a lot of nights as well. So I think that there's some argument there. Um, but yeah, I mean, there's a lot here. We, and we've talked a lot about Boston and her play and how she's affected things positively. Um, obviously, Melissa Smith, I like how Grace Berger has adjusted to the court really well. Um, Kelsey Mitchell looks as, um, she's not been only good, good, but for her sake, and almost as reward as relevant as she's ever been. She's played well. She's always been a good scorer, but it's felt like it's for not. It feels relevant now. There's a lot of people we give credit to, but I don't want it to get lost that I think Christy Sides has done an incredible job in allowing this team to establish a positive culture. That's a, the biggest difference when I watch this Fever team. It's not just watching their competence on the court, but you see an energy. You see a team that wants to play together and win together and be effective together. Um, and that's, what's exciting for me. Do I think it puts them in, in stage for a deep playoff run? Probably not, but the eight and seven spots seem very warmed up for them. And I think that'll be really exciting. 
And what's going to be all the more interesting is let's watch this team in the next two to three seasons. Cause I think they'll start, they have the potential to be on an upward trajectory a lot faster than people realize. Um, once they make things happen, first of all, Aaliyah Boston is going to be potentially a top five player in a not long amount of time. Um, just the way that she's already carrying herself with confidence uh, and, and putting in the, the stat lines that she is. You have been very bullish on Alyssa Smith and, and her level as a player as well. I think that's going to be a dominant front court for a while. Um, there's a lot to watch for this fever team. I just, I was not ready a couple weeks ago to say for sure they'd be a playoff team, but right now, when you look at some of the staticness of some other teams in the league and the energy that they're carrying, it really feels like they're in the driver's seat to to make that happen. And that's a big deal. You know, we're not a month removed from pretty much calling this team out and saying, like, fix something. And they might be doing it. So that's a seeding crow. But I, that's good crow. It's tender cut grass-fed crow that I actually don't mind eating. <laughs> there yeah, yeah. There I I again I acknowledge that probably most podcasts you listen to and most things you read this week are going to be talking a lot more about Aces and Connecticut and Washington injuries than they are about the potential 8 seed in the playoffs. It's should, just yeah. it's just so thrilling to me to see a team like sometimes we forget that there's not necessarily like I think sports fans are a little superstitious. And we see a certain jersey or a certain logo and we just go, they can't be a good player because they play for that team. And that's just how it works. <laughs> and it's yeah. like, dude, look at the Fever's roster right now and tell me that that's not a team you'd want to be into for the next foreseeable future. Like Kelsey Mitchell's finally getting... I, by the way, we're going to talk about all-star stuff for like two minutes in just a minute. But uh, Kelsey Mitchell getting... Not necessarily disrespect from fans and media, but ultimate respect from fellow players. Like, yeah. being on the court with her, they recognize what she does for this team and that she's been good for a long time. Makes me happy that she's being recognized in terms of all-star cred. Um, I kind of glanced over this earlier, but I do just want to mention that it's really annoying how Asia Wilson might be the MVP this season and Kelsey Plum might be my favorite player in the league and Chelsea Gray might be the best player on the Aces. All at the same time, uh, yeah. And I didn't, and I didn't even bring up Jackie Young, and Jackie Young's definitely an All Star too. So this team is ridiculous, and they're going to win everything forever. So that's my only Aces insight. And gosh, dang it, you've got to love being Candace Parker for Candace Parker right now. <laughs> First of all, I think Candace is quite in a situation where she knows. She's surrounded by good talent. Like the load and leadership she has to carry isn't as heavy. But you know, Candace is going to be in a situation too where she can put on her proverbial super mask and have a Candace Parker moment. And those can just kind of have. I, I just think it's a good man. Yeah, I know if you're a Sky fan, you have to heavily disagree, but you can't feel, you can't help but feel like she made the right call there. Um, you know, it's a good spot to be in. No, I, I, the aces are as good as they are for a reason. There's a reason that they have three members of their squad starting, starting. There's a reason that Chelsea Gray is making Sid Colson nearly cry on the sideline. <laughs> um, which is the most memorable moment of the season. And that moment, was my favorite highlight of the year so far. It, I, and she's done it nightly. She has a moment like that, that you're like, 
Chelsea Gray's always been a good passer, but I don't think we would brand her as like a passer du jour, like someone that that's really what they're known for. To me, she's always kind of been the the dagger dropper, uh, which she still is. Um, but she's had the maybe three of the best passing highlights of the season across the league. It's just at some at some point you've got to figure out what award can we give Chelsea Gray? If we're not going to put her in the MVP running, do we just? I have a Chelsea Gray award, she'll, which is just like she'll just take home a Finals MVP every year and probably be happy with that. I suppose she'll, that's cool. <laughs> I don't think that's bad at all. She'll um, be like, "Hey, but, you have the regular season, I get the postseason. We all get rings. I'm good with that. I can live with that." So we've uh, we've talked about Boston. We've talked about Gray Wilson and Jackie Young. Uh, they all have something in common. They were officially made All Star starters this year. Uh, so we'll kind of close things out on that discussion. We've got Boston, Griner, Neko, Gumake, Satu Sabali, uh, Gray and Young, Enrique Gumbawale, Jewel Lloyd, uh, and then finishing off our captains, Asia Wilson, Bree Stewart. Um, any reaction, any surprises or no. the, reactions? The real, the real good stuff comes when they announce the reserves. I think the starters, you're generally going to have agreement across the board. I think some people kind of turned, uh, it, maybe if you weren't paying attention to the fever and you see Boston as an all-star starter, you're thinking, are we too soon here? Or is this just hype because she's the number one overall pick? No, we're not too soon. She's an all-star starter. She's really, really good. She's um, played that well. Yeah. She she is in the argument for being... I don't know. I hate opening these discussions because I, I'm scarred by so many of these on NBA Twitter. But like, if you wanted to rank the best not not the most accomplished, but the players playing the best basketball right now in the WNBA from 1 to 20. I think she's probably in like the 11, 12, 13 range. So it doesn't bother Ooh. me that she's an all-star starter. Uh, and then Griner getting in is obviously a very fun story and well-deserved. Like this is not yeah. a we're doing it for the media thing. This is a anyone who's watched that team this year knows that despite being a two-win team, she's having an awesome season. Yeah, uh, that's if, pretty undeniable. If BG was putting in 0.1 points per game and zero rebounds and playing three minutes a night, I probably still would have voted for her. Uh, <laughs> but but her game, her, her game, or her production on the court has shown that I, it hasn't. It's unfortunately not converted Mercury to the win column, but I think she's played well. Boston, I think, has played like an all star. I think if there's anywhere you could fill that role, otherwise, maybe. A, Alyssa Thomas or Dewana Bonner out of Connecticut. It's funny that there's no Connecticut representation or Mercury representation in the starters. It, yeah. So that doesn't yeah. make sense. A lot of people are going to question NECA. That's because you haven't been watching the Sparks. NECA's playing extremely well. The player I'm happiest for is Satu Sabli because yes. she's been that good. I've absolutely adored watching her play this season. Um, if Dallas finds themselves in a really stout playoff position. Like I'm willing to even say like put her in that fringe dark horse, like low key MVP column. Even she's playing that well. I mean, I was so happy. Like I was one of those people that was dropping in our group chat saying Sobley's playing at an all-star level and she's not going to get the votes because A, B, C or D. And I'm so happy she got the votes. Like I'm just yeah. thrilled that it's that a good, out. uh, it's a good call out that Bonner didn't make the starting lineup. I think Bonner's actually having better statistic, like statistical season than Griner is and probably should be in. Um, she'll get in. 
I imagine. I I don't know why. I don't know. Like earlier when like like nine games into the season, they released the first polls that were like, here's how fans are voting for the All-Star game. We talked about that on one of our episodes. And none of the Connecticut players were in that like top 12 or 15 either. And it just felt like, I don't know if they're like not voting or splitting the vote somehow. Like you can vote for more than one person. I don't know. But yeah. I imagine that we're going to get Bonner and Thomas and Arike and those players that you kind of expect to be in as reserves. Mm-hmm. We'll we'll get them. Kelsey Mitchell, absolutely, maybe. Yeah, Kel- yeah. Kelsey deserves a spot. Yanescu deserves a spot. Sabrina definitely does. There's a, uh, not a, a hot button discussion there, but we'll save yeah, that for another not day. Not if you ask anybody in the league, but yeah, she apparently she, she's, she's but. She, uh, I, I no. really like the strategy of uh, – I'm assuming that the Liberty front office just somehow sabotaged the all-star voting to make her mad. Uh, and now they're going to get 30-point games from Sabrina every night. So, genius move by the Liberty. That works, that works with certain athletes. I mean, that <laughs> happens, and then she drops 31 in a win. So, I think that's perfectly usable. I'm excited about this. I, I, I did I, – I talked about all these players. I never even really talked about my favorite player, who's Jewel Lloyd, who is – have, oh. having a great season offensively and showing her she's, worth. It would she's be having nice one of, to see Seattle. She's yeah. having one of the most prolific scoring seasons you're ever going to see. And granted, yeah. that is because of a number of factors that includes her team needing her to score 30 every night. But it's still impressive every time it happens. Yeah, it's very much you're carrying a load there. But she, um, it's always fun whenever there's a storm game. She's always, uh, you'll see her constantly be a top trender on Twitter. Because it, it's got that Caitlin Clarkian effect of like it goes beyond that she's playing well and scoring well. She just continues to hit those like Dame logo type shots that are just like how like how she, do you do that? <laughs> she is averaging like, over twenty five a game. She's shooting almost identical percentages from the floor and from three. Um, she's sure. right around forty percent at both. So it's she's just efficient from everywhere. She can hit from everywhere. You know her by now. She's been in the league a long time. Yeah. Um, eight years she's been in the league. Yeah. I guess that seems I, about I, right. For a second, it, it that does. seemed like a lot of seasons. But yeah, yeah, she's so she's been around. She's a pro's pro. I think in some ways, life still feels like we just started this show. So I always think of a little, yeah. some players as if they played five less seasons. Because I feel like that's what they would have been when we started. Um, and that's part of it. But... No, I'm excited for the starters. I think the reserves will play itself really well. We'll probably have a fun mock draft discussion and talk about what teams we would draft out of all of this. It'll be good times. Vegas will be fun. I think it'll be a good weekend and all of that goodness. But I think that really hits the main points we were looking to talk about. Is there anything else you wanted to shoot over to the the magnificent listeners of this program? Uh, just thanks for continuing to listen. This has been a really fun season so far. Um, all sort, you know, we, between the four of us hosts, all sorts of life stuff just happens. Uh, and so the, the episode drop schedule is more regular than we'd like, but you guys who subscribe and leave five star reviews and talk to us on Twitter, we appreciate all of that. And we love being able to continue to do this. So, um, just a, just a little love, little love for the nation. We appreciate it. Absolutely. Um, you know, as always, stay connected to the show. Head over to WNBANation.com and and stay connected however you want to. You know where to follow us on socials. Give us a review uh, wherever you listen to the show. Um, we, we always love that connection. But 
Yeah, I was very excited for uh, that we were able to make this recording happen. I know it's been a minute. We've got a lot going on across our coast, but we're just about at, at mid, getting close to midseason point. We'll be hitting a break for the All-Star game before long, but we still have a lot of basketball to get into and get excited for, and we will be here every step of the way to share that with you until we talk next time. Thanks for listening. I'm Steve Schwartzman. I'm Logan Jones. And we'll get you next time. No, I'll see you later.